Jacksonville Jaguars podcast with Corey, Derek, and JK3. All right, what's up, guys? This is uh, Down by the Bank, sponsored by Brewers Pizza. Uh, week two, coming at you hot, literally. Uh, with you've got JK3 and uh, Corey and Derek on the on. Wait, well, hold on, what the hell? <laughs> you always hate, get like this. I you always get like this. Bro. I hate. Yeah, we, I'm not we're gonna keep it. We're no, keeping no, this one too. No, we're keeping no, it. Yeah. No, 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 we're no, keeping it. it. I don't know. Go, go. No, I like that. Yeah, yeah we're keeping it. Yeah, we're, we're keeping it. Hey so, guys, how's it going? It's good to be back. Oh, yeah. Let me do the intro. So, so yeah. you know, JK3 just has this uh, problem with it when he does the intro that he just can't talk. He just loses thought. But, uh, gosh, man. It's because I'm a finisher. I'm the closer. He's the finisher? you the closer? <laughs> okay. okay. I, I, I'll remember that. Uh, got, got Corey and Derek on the line. Am I Pee Wee Herman now? <laughs> you said it not be. <laughs> so, yeah, no. So it's it's. Uh, how are you guys feeling after the the game Sunday? I still have a horrible farmer's tan. You know, uh, uh, that was that was that stunk. Obviously, seeing well, can go I down. Mean, right. So everyone everyone was complaining about the heat. Okay, I understand that it's hot, but last year the Patriots game last year was way hotter than that game was. Yes, it was. In my opinion, way hotter. I I thought I was going to die at the Patriots game last year, and they won. This game, it was hot, but it wasn't as I don't think it was just as hot. Maybe because I I literally am out in the sun. I'm used to the you know the heat and everything. But that Patriots game last year, dude, was way hotter. Yeah. Well, and the other thing, and I think what you're alluding to are the people giving excuses about the attendance because of the heat. And that's kind of like built into going to Jaguars games in September. It's always been that way. So for me, that's not an excuse. I mean, I was complaining like crazy to you guys in the group text that it was empty. And I don't know if we're shifting topics too quickly, but I I hate to hate on the Jaguars fan base a little bit, but uh, I sat near a couple of Chiefs fans, and all they did the entire game was ask me, you know, is it because of the hurricane? Did everybody evacuate? You know, they were trying to give us the benefit of the doubt because I think even they were in disbelief as to how empty it was in there. I'm sure the heat had a lot to do with it. I'm also sure that and if you look at where people live at in Kansas City, there's not that many things to do as far as there are in Florida. Uh, that could be a factor. I, I, I don't know. You know, who knows? But um, bottom line is, you know, I was at home with the little one, and it was a sea of red. A big sea oh. of red, oh. all over it the teal and red. So much, on, so the teal much. was from the seats, not from the, the the t-shirts or shirts or jerseys from the fans. Uh, and that's unfortunate that we, uh, you know, we, we had a showing like that on opening day. But well, his, historically, it's been that way. You know, last year, you know, JK3 referenced that Patriot game, and it was crowded, obviously, because of who was there. Yeah, but that should be Brady. the same for the Chiefs, though. I mean, the Chiefs are one of the premier teams in the league. Like, to me, yeah, this is like one of our crowd. biggest games. They, they draw a crowd. And they, they do, and they do draw a crowd. But I think it's, a, you know, that and also a lot of people will go and hide out in the, in the buds. I, I, you know, whatever you want to call it. But here's how I look at it. You have your fan experience as far as the things to do around the stadium. 
And a lot of people do go to those things and stay underground or, you know, or not underground, but, you know, within the stadium or, or in, the, in the Budweiser area. But are there enough fans that are in those areas to actually fill the empty seats in the stadium? Yeah, you don't know. You know, it just depends. Uh, I don't know. I don't, yeah, think, I, think, I don't think so. so. Yeah, I, not, I don't think so either. I'm, I'm just, not gonna. Yes. I, so I've I've gone to a couple of uh, of away Jaguars games, and to use Kansas City as the reference point. So last year, they the the stadium was packed because there's two places to watch the game. You either watch it from your seat or you watch it while getting a concession. That's it. There's no fantasy football lounge. There's no, you know, blood zone. There's no terror suites. There's no there, – there aren't these different, you know, gimmicks inside of the stadium to get people inside of, you know, the city limits of Everbank Field. And then if you're not watching the game, it's okay because you're watching the game from this vantage point or you're watching the game from the amphitheater or you're watching the game, you know, from the blood zone. Or there, there isn't any of that. There isn't any dog parks in the other stadiums or anything else like that. The draw for – you know, some of the teams that I've even, even going, even, even, you know, Philly, for example, the draw is the team. Atlanta, the draw is the team. Miami, the, I mean, even though their attendance is terrible, but the draw is the team. You know, so you just have these things that, you know, you, 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 you're making sure that you're coming in to watch the game and watch it from your seat. And I think the fan experience is great. There's a lot of things to do inside of the stadium once you get in there, but then there's a lot of things that those same things can take you away from actually watching the game from your seat. And mm -hmm. as far as, you know, the home field advantage goes, or everyone's saying that Khan needs to do something about shade and, you know, all sorts of stuff. That's The heat is meant for a home field advantage for us. But it's only yeah. home field advantage when you're winning. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, you know, just uh, when, when you look at our, our town as a whole, you, you know, I hate to say it, but, you know, I'm, you know, Duval through and through, born and raised here, man. But our town's a fad town, too. You know, people go with what's hot. If yeah. the team is winning, they'll go. If not, it's, they, they don't. They do that with all sports, not just the, the Jags, all sports. When the FSU doesn't do well, which they're not, people don't go. When Florida doesn't do well, they don't go. Uh, it's just what it is. We're a fad town. We've always been like that. So that's just going to be how our, our, how our team has played out and is represented. And this is, the, this is the NFL team, so – you don't have as many fans as you do as the other, you know, sports because they haven't, you know, the Jags all those 25th year, they haven't been around as long. But that, think, that, that excuse is starting to run kind of kind of dry too, man, because 25 years is a long – I mean – 25 years – no, 25 years is a long time. But what I'm saying is it's a fad town, meaning that the team didn't do well last year, thus we didn't – you know, we're not going to show up. You know, it's always been like that. I guess I'm surprised because we even got the brand-new quarterback and everything and the big matchup. Even with us doing bad last year and in the preseason, I would have thought that, you know, that would have been a draw enough in itself for people yeah. to come out with bowls and, and everything. And, and I'm not saying offense. We probably – I mean, if you really look at it, they're probably $40,000, or $50,000 season ticket holders. Um, so I'm, I don't know the exact amount, but – there are some loyal, true Jag fans out there, and we've known them. We've talked to them. We've met them. You know, we know them personally. But when you look at to fill the stadium, what you're talking about, like mm -hmm. Kansas City or Philadelphia or um, what's another? Um, Chicago. Like, you know, Chicago, New Orleans. You know, Chicago, it could be negative eight. 
and those cats will still come out there. Right. Care. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, they just have a – you're talking about, you know, 50, 75 years and through and through, you know, they, they bleed, you know, you know, whether it's the Green Bay Packers or Chicago Bears, that's just what they are. Our town doesn't have that feeling yet. It's getting there. I think with our generation, it's getting there. Uh, but it's not there yet because you got a lot of uh, older folks that, to be honest with you, really don't care. I think it's our generation. When we're 20 years down the line, then you'll start seeing people our age and then the younger generations coming up going to the game. That's I guess yeah. that's what I really meant to say is that's what I think it is. Uh, I, I agree with that. But I do yeah. think – I will say that – and I have to imagine that the players – see this and feel this and that it looks empty, which just indicates there's not a lot of support. And like you said, all the red doesn't help. But the energy level, it, there was no energy in that place at all. And like I said, to me, it was just embarrassing sitting next to these Chiefs fans having to give excuses for why in our home opener in one of the biggest games on our schedule against one of the top teams in the NFL – there's no energy, and th- there's no way the players don't see that or feel that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, I-, I look at it as Green Bay. You know how people go to Green Bay because they want to go to Lambeau because of the extreme cold, and they sell out on the extreme cold, one of you know the coldest stadiums you can. So literally going from the extreme cold to the extreme heat, it should be something that we are – you know, touting, we are, yeah. oh, yeah, bring, come on down to Jacksonville if you want and suffer in this heat because you're not used to it, you know what I mean? The same place, you know, same things with some of these places where you go where they do have the, you know, the, the, the extremes for the weather. I mean, Chicago is terrible in the wintertime. Green Bay, terrible in the wintertime. I would hate to go to Buffalo in the wintertime. I mean, and look, I mean, and, you know, we've had our rivalries and had our things and said, our, said such things about, you know, the Buffalo fan base and things like that, but, you know, they're – during, I guarantee you, on a home opener, you know, in some of these other stadiums, it's not as dis- as a dismal as what it was for us on Sunday. Yeah. Is anybody else talking about this, by the way? Because I don't, I haven't listened to the radio much. Is there any conversation about the attendance or the energy? I haven't heard anything. Uh, but you know, also, you got to look at the the demographic, not just the people, but also the places. You, uh, JK3, you just mentioned Buffalo. What is there to do up in Buffalo? You know. Besides, just go to the Bills game when the Bills, you know, when football season. There's not really much. Jacksonville offers more, so that kind of plays into it too. It's it stinks. It really does. But I think that plays into it a little bit. Um, you know, we're getting there though. We're getting there. We got a lot of uh, a lot of great fan base uh, uh, fan bases that are you know organized and, and uh, that really you know care about the team. And, and it's it's coming. I, I really think it's coming. It'll be there in the next. Uh, I, 10 15 years, maybe. <laughs> to play, yeah, 10 or 15 years. I don't know if you can wait that long. But, yeah. but to play, to play, I mean, seriously, to play devil's advocate, I mean, I think that because we're so connected with the hardcore fans on social media and we see those hardcore fans and those fan groups, we, we apply like a disproportionate amount of support to those groups, those small groups of people relative to the larger fan base as a whole. Does that make sense? Like there's not I don't I don't I am a little afraid that there's not as much support out there as we actually think there is and we're a little you know biased based on what we see on Twitter and all these places where all the hardcore fans come together and congregate you know what I mean you know I got an idea on how we can solve that we'll move on to the next topic but I'll take it we'll take it off recording we don't want to give any uh 
any jewels away uh, as far as uh, any, uh, any any nuggets of information on another show. So we'll uh, we'll, we'll discuss that after this recording. Uh, <laughs> um, but but the uh, but yeah, man. So besides you know the the, the fan experience and the heat, you know the game. Well, uh, hold on, hold on, one more thing. Okay. The, t- okay. the ticket thing, because I, I just had, I already told you guys I was going to rant about this, though. So we're okay. going, we're going all in, okay? All right, all right. <laughs> this is going to be the no, the only uh, non uh, what do you call it like fanboy podcast out there where everything's positive and great. Um, so the the ticketing thing, I thought maybe in the beginning of the the game played a part in the lack of attendance initially because. Uh, JK3, you came in a little bit later, and you said the lines and everything were just horrible, right? I mean, it's just it, it, it bottlenecks, and it, it bottlenecks, and it's because of the app. It's because of all of the, I guess, the cellular cellular data usage. You know, I'm not you know too too savvy on that, but all the stuff around there. I mean, it's it's really tough to get into the stadium. Um, you know, I know they want to make it as safe as can be. I have no problems as far as security goes. Like, mm-hmm. the security and the measures that they're taking to get into the stadium is great because, you know, God forbid something happened at the stadium. You know, you would hate to see something like that happen. But as far as the mobile ticketing thing, it's got to be a faster way. I mean, they, they have literally got to hire the same person that works or the same people that are expediting the lines at Chick-fil-A and all these <laughs> other places to get these people in way faster. I mean, yeah. Chick-fil-A – um, you know, I, I hate to, you know, plug, you know, those those places where they're, they're not giving us any sponsorships or anything else like that. <laughs> but, you know, the Chick-fil-A and any other place, you know, that, that does like, you know, a mobile, I mean, Uber, shipped mm-hmm. some of those things that can, ha- I mean, those things that can actually handle the mobile, you know, aspect of it. And I think, you know, sometimes also it may be, you know, probably better training, you know, some of the people that are actually doing yes. it. But yes. Dude, I, I, I don't know, man. That, there, there's got to be a quick fix. There's got to be some type of, you know, way to kind of expedite, you know, getting into the stadium because, you know, for me, and I took my mom to the game, we had no bags. So I had my wallet, um, I had my keys, and my phone. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and that's pretty much it. And so when you when a person coming in, you know, like me and my mom didn't bring a person or anything else like that, we should be able to just breeze in, and it was just – it was terrible, and I and I went into the game at like around twelve fifteen, right after I heard the cat call. <laughs> yeah, oh, the little fireworks thing or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, that, I mean, they, from what I saw on Twitter, I didn't have this experience, but you know, the new tickets, or at least the ones that I had on my Ticketmaster thing, or the NFC. Like, did you have the NFC thing where there's no barcode? Yeah. yeah. And I guess like some of the attendants were asking, like, where's the barcode? I can't use this, and it's like that. That comes straight down to training and not having folks prepared for. Any, I mean, I, I just don't understand how you can how you can be at that point in the first game of the season. Yeah, um, they're not just, they're not even allowed to touch the cell phones of like some of the fans. So like, because let's say if I were to give you my cell phone and you're like, oh, here's the app right here, and you were to drop it, then mm-hmm. you know you're gonna have all these different claims about oh, you know, such and such dropped my cell phone when I was trying to get into right. the game. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah. and and they've got to kind of navigate from like pointing and like, hey, show me where your Ticketmaster app is. You know, and people are just like. Oh, I don't know what my home screen looks like, but I mean, just just getting into the game was was was, was terrible. So I yeah. think you know going in earlier would probably be a quick fix because you went in like maybe forty five minutes before I did, right? And you know got in seamlessly, right? Yeah, no, for sure. But uh, just overall, I mean, the the attendance was not great. I don't feel like they're catering enough in the right ways to make it 
so that attendance would go up if, if it's coming down to casual fans. I mean, the getting into the game's a nightmare. Um, the whole thing with, you know, thank God they decided to allow us to bring in one sealed water bottle. Thank you, uh, uh, my gracious overlords. But when we spent $20 on four additional water bottles when we were in there, that's a little crazy, you know. I mean, I, I, mean, took, my, this, I took my bottle of water and literally made ramen out of it because it was so hot. I'm always from the, from the tailgate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was making – well, with the prices of foods, I was having to look up on YouTube ahead of time how people make food in, like, prisons and things, and so that's why I was doing the same thing, you know. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, man. Okay. Okay. All right. Oh I will God. say the hot dogs had uh, pretzel buns. Did you see that? That was kind of interesting. Yeah, I don't I don't eat inside the stadium. I, I, I eat outside of it. Yeah, but anyway – but, yeah, I mean, just overall, I mean, again, I'm not trying to be super negative, but, I mean, to a certain point, like, I just feel like sometimes the fans, at least in our small group of the, the diehard fans, are so eager to always make the Jaguars look good and everything we do is good. And um, I, I, they're just – I think the team's just missing the mark on some of the stuff and half behinding it. And then, again, just back to the city. I mean, outside of the hardcore fans that listen to something like this, the attendance was just pathetic. Um, and again, I just think the team probably sees that, and I'm sure that they uh, they uh, you know fed off of it in the negative way of feeding off of it, I guess. But to the game itself, maybe that's the problem with the defense. <laughs> they didn't like the energy level. I don't know. No problem with the defense is a couple of them are full of themselves. A couple of them, you know, probably thinking about that contract a little bit too much and. And uh, a lot of outside things, you know, no real leadership there. Clayus was the only one, that, you know, the only true leader we have. The rest of them are, you know, off on another planet. Who knows? But that was terrible, man. That was terrible. There were two or three times I saw Kelsey running away from one of our defensive backs, one of our corners. I'm not going to say his name. We all know who it was. But the, the tight end was running away from the cornerback. That's bad. That's very bad. Deep crossing routes. Sammy Watkins just, I don't know if he stopped smoking weed or what, but, uh, you know, <laughs> people, people don't know if he's been smoking since he was at Clemson. Um, <laughs> he, he just showed up and decided to, 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 to kill us. Uh, running backs were converting. Sean McCoy came into the game and gashed us for first downs two or three times. Uh, but, Hats off to also to the Chiefs offense, you know, Andy Reid. Those guys, they, they had a great scheme. They were ready for it. Everything that Jags defense threw at them, they were ready for and some. Well, the one thing they did really good as far as, um, you know, Mahomes is they got the ball out way quicker than any of the defensive linemen could get in there. So they kind of played to the strength or played into the strengths of Jacksonville. You know, so it's like – You've got Allen, you've got Ngakwe, you've got Calais Campbell. You know, the defensive line is the strength of this team. So in order to get away from the defensive line, what do you do? You go away from the strength of the team. So, again, for, like, the history of the Jacksonville Jaguars, the linebacking core has been, you know, probably the Achilles heel of the defense. There's been a couple of defenses that we've had with the secondary. Um, we've all or has been has been pretty, you know, okay but the defensive line, you know, we've always had a pretty strong defensive line here, um, you know, in in the city. But the linebacker and the linebacking core has unanimously been just something where that's the weakness of the defense. And, you know, this is exactly what happened. You know, you get the ball out quickly and 
you're getting out quick enough to where you don't have to go towards, you know, two all-pro corners, and you got two, you know, young safeties back there who are too far away from the ball anyway to make a play and don't even want to make a play when they've got the opportunity to. The first touchdown they had was Sammy Watkins literally caught the ball and ran through the through the defense. I mean, if you go back and look at the film and go back and watch the tape, there was like probably four Jags waiting right there around him, and he literally just ran right through there, and it's lack of effort. People are like, oh, well, maybe he's going to get him or this person's going to get him, and then nobody nobody tackles. Yeah. So they don't tackle anymore. They're all worried about talking and, you know, and, and doing the wrong thing as far as provoking the other teams, and the other teams get in their head. And, you know, you I, I, the whole Miles Jack thing, too, just to go on a rant about that, how do you attack or how do you throw a punch, number one, with the helmet on, and two, you go after the person that's not even doing you up. Demarcus Robinson wasn't the person that was routing you up. It was Travis Kelsey. So if you're punching anybody, you should be punching Travis Kelsey. Not going after uh, the guy, not going after him. And Kelsey would have ate his lunch anyway. But yeah. still. What happened with that? Why did he get so upset? I didn't catch he up. said something to him. That's the only reason I can think of. Well, he was uh, freaking out. Yeah, he, he said something to him. I don't know if he commented on his girl or – the problem, you know, he, yo, his, his manhood, your, your, I don't candles, know. Your candles are whack. Yeah. I, 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 that's what he his said. Candles. He, he said, bro, I bought the candle, I lit it, the wick is all the way down the bottom, I want my money back. <laughs> yeah. That's some pretty weird trash talking. <laughs> I said something to him, and it got him all gassed up, but, man, that was just, that was terrible, you know, people, yeah. It's amazing too. You try to look at you know people try to look at you know was it the scheme was it this or you know the 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 reasons behind it. The reason behind it is all mental. It has nothing to do with the game plan. The, the defense they just didn't they were focused on something else besides playing ball because so, you know they can play better than that. So you, know you say can. so. I had read a couple people that were blaming. Okay, one point really quick on the discipline thing because both of you alluded to that. First of all, I thought Coughlin and Marone. Their whole thing was discipline. So what happened with that? No. no. But so no. I mean, yeah, their whole thing is discipline, but there's other factors to it too. But go ahead. Yeah. Well, then the second thing is everything. I, you know, the other argument that I saw online was that people were blaming the scheme and the defensive coordinator. And so you're saying it's not so much of that. It's just the other part of it, the mental aspect from the player's perspective. So when you look at it, for the scheme and Trying to figure out, I can't. We're fans, people. Okay, we're fans. If some of you might try to, you know, work in the media or whatnot, you don't know squat. Okay, we don't know squat, but you can tell when people want it or they don't want it. And the Jags defense last week or Sunday didn't want it. That's all there is to it. The scheme has worked in the past because we've been a top defense in the past. Now we're not going to, you know, we don't bring up old stuff, but it is true. But we don't have the tools that we've had in the past either. And I think that might play into the discipline because when you really look at it, like, you know, Gibson's gone. Church is gone. He needed to go. Uh, you know, Telvin's not here. Guys they let go that they thought they should have kept. And then, you know, although Bortles isn't here, they gave him that extension. Now, that is all irrelevant information. It doesn't matter. It's a new year and a new team. But there are guys that are still here that know this and are like, well, if that's how you're going to treat them, then why should I even, you know, uh, uh, I'll just look out for mine, get mine, and not worry about anything else. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's the overall answer, but 
that could definitely mess with a team's psyche when there's things like that going on. But you can't have that because Miles Jack literally just got broke off. He just got paid. And you slap a you, you give him a good paycheck, you slap a captain C on him again, and that captain C is like poison on this team. You get a C on you, you automatically lose your mind. And like I don't know what it is. I, I I don't know what it is. You 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 get demoted at you get denoted as a captain and it's just like, okay, I've got the ability now since I'm a captain to go ahead and lead this team by example, you know what, and I'm gonna fight. So, like, is the captain thing like a championship belt, like in the UFC for for the Jags team, or or like what is it? You know, because it seems like whenever you get that C on your chest, you are automatically starting to fight and automatically think that that's the way to lead by example in the team. Miles Jack is the last person that should have gotten kicked out of that game. One, because he is a captain. Two, you just got paid like one of the top three linebackers in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You should yeah. be the last person getting 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 kicked out of a game. I can understand what, I can understand Ronnie Harrison. I, I mean, I don't condone anybody getting kicked out of the game for any type of conduct or anything else like that. But I would expect if if Ronnie Harrison gets kicked out of the game for taunting, that's one thing. He's young, he's immature, things like that. But Miles Jack, you've got every reason to stay in the game, and you've got people around here in town. Um, and as much as you say that you don't listen to the media, you don't, you're not on Twitter, you're not things like that. You're on Twitter because you were going after Ian Rappaport for making fun of your knee and saying you shouldn't have been a, a second round draft pick. So I know you're seeing this. So you've got the entire media to prove. You got people to prove that think that you cannot play middle linebacker. And you're showing it right now by not being able to maintain your composure, not being able to call out and dissect the offense that's happening. And and uh, again, not leaving by an example. Yeah, it. it I say that too because it, you know, as far as just the the discipline and the, and the psyche, it's because he he did get kicked out. You know, like you're like you're saying, he did get kicked out for you know for whatever reason. Like I said, I think he it was somebody said something to him that really got him gassed up. Who knows? We'll never know what he said. Uh, but. The whole team was talking and chirping, and they, they weren't playing together. And I guess that's the, the main thing when you look at everything. They were not playing together on Sunday. Um, the only person that I saw that kind of looked lost and all over the place was um, was, was Free Safety Wilson or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I got no comment for that. You know, if you want to look at scheme for that, I, I don't know where he was. He was on cloud 10. And, and Ronnie Harrison, he was, you know, don't get me wrong, if he catches you, he'll try to lay the wood on you. But that's just it, too. Smart NFL coaches, the good ones, they can take your over-aggression of wanting to kill everybody and make you go in less bounds, you know, out of bounds somewhere. You're headed one way and the play's going the other way. Mm-hmm. So th- that's why it's like, you know, you got to stick together when those things happen. And we didn't. <clears throat> that's why we lost. So is that just the defense, or did the offense, like, how would you grade, I guess, both units? Because obviously the defense didn't do well, but the offense seemed to kind of, you know, keep up the pace pretty well, especially with Foles getting injured. Well, that's so crazy how it's, like, the opposite extremes. Like, the defense can play so bad, but the offense can play so good. And for the offense to have more adversity to overcome than the defense – you know, I mean, judging by the score, it's 40 to 26, but it's 14 points. You know what I mean? If you would have told me like two weeks ago that the Jags are going to score 26 points, do they win or lose? You know, you got a 50-50 shot. Jags score 26 points. 
do you think they win or do you think they lose? I'm taking a W because yeah, we only scored right. like 15 points every game like the the last couple of years. So 26 points, that's crazy how you can score 26 points and still, you know, lose. And I think when Minshew came into the game, um, they were down by 10. Yeah, and I he, think so. Yeah, I think, they, I think so, he came in. I think they were down by 10. It was 10-7, and then Kansas City just went down and scored again, so it was 17-7. That's right. Yeah, so I think it was – yeah, and then so for him to come in and not buckle under the pressure, I mean, the – and again, the biggest thing that I hate seeing too is I hate seeing the offensive line become the scapegoat. And the entire – so when Cam Robinson, we found out that he wasn't going to play on, like, Friday – Everyone was thinking, oh, Frank, Frank, Frank Clark, Frank Clark, there's no way the offensive line is going to hold up, blah, blah, blah. You move Will Richardson over from right guard to, to left tackle, completely different. I mean, not just only playing on the right side, but playing on the left side and then a completely different position and held his own. The offensive line had the best showing, I think, of the offensive unit besides Minshew. The offensive line did their thing on, on mm-hmm. Sunday. Hands down. Best offensive unit was the offensive line because of the amount of adversity they had to come over with moving over to the left tackle um, and then also with Foles going down, which was just a gut punch. Yeah. Yeah. Hats off to him. The offense as a whole, when you you have something like that and you obviously know he's not coming back, they all saw the hit. Was it an illegal hit? Sure, you're not supposed to be able to dump quarterbacks anymore, but they got away with it. And now we're, you know, got, you know, Minshew going in. But offensive line played well. DJ Shark, man. Yeah. Hey, I didn't see that coming. No. I did, I did not see that coming. There's, oh, we knew he's coming to LSU, all those receivers. And you didn't. No, you did not. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> so, but you didn't see Jack crap. That dude, he had stone hands last year like you wouldn't believe. Now, granted, he had someone with uh, two pinkies throwing it to him. But, um,. <laughs> No one, no one really saw any of that. But hey, man, it just shows that when 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 the boss delivered on time and we got a, a good QB that's back there, willing to stand in the pocket and deliver the football where it needs to go. You know, we we got some. You know, we we do have some guys and that we thought could play. And I'm glad that one of them told us last on Sunday that hey, I can play, and that was awesome to me. So hats off to him. Uh, offensive line. It'll get better. It, it, they did really good, but it's going to get even better because that was a makeshift offensive line as of Friday. So imagine when we get, you know, uh, Cam Robinson comes back. Um, that's that's going to, you know, help us out a lot, I really think. Did you think that Minshew's kind of mobility helped a little bit too? Because it seems like he's able to move around a little bit. Minshew's mobility, yeah, that did. That helped out a ton. Um, there was There's one thing that definitely helped him, and it has nothing to do with, his mobility, his throwing style, his understanding of NFL offense, his how fast he processes information, all that other, you know, people, you know, try, try to guess. Dude is comfortable in his own skin. He does not care about anybody except playing ball. And I love it. Forget the mustache. He, he does not care. If you saw him on the street, he might wave hot to you because you're a fan, but he don't give a rat's behind about anything but playing ball, it looks like. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what we need. If you look at the quarterbacks that play well in this league, most of them are, excuse my language, asses. Okay? They just start. 
They just have that mentality, and he's got it. I think yeah. that's what separates him. That's something we didn't know. We didn't find out until just this past week. Well, I mean, we didn't really get the opportunity to see it because once he came in, uh, and, and, you know, and got a shot, he was with, you know, some of the guys that weren't even going to make the team. So <clears throat> not a lot of, you know, protection on the offensive line and everything else like that. But I, I don't want this. And, you know, since Sunday, the town has been electric with Gardner Minshew. And, you know, it's great to see the fan support and it's great to see everyone get behind, you know, the, the, the new starting quarterback and things like that. I just hope that, you know, he comes the ball on, on – on on Sunday because you go down 0-2, one you're you know 0-2, two, two you're 0-1 in the AFC South, and three you've already lost two AFC games, you know so th- those games could come back to haunt you in in the playoff push. But I think the best bet is that you know he comes out and just does his thing. I mean Chris Conley was you know w- was there. Chris Conley had a lot of uh you know he had he had a great game too. I think the receivers had a great game also. Um, Fournette played decent minus the fumble. It's his first fumble. I'll give him that one. It's his first fumble. But then again, though, man, do who who played tight end? O'Shaughnessy. Yeah, O'Shaughnessy played tight end. O'Shaughnessy, okay. and I think it was uh, is it how you pronounce it? It's Jeff Swain, Swam, Swain, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Swain. So Swimmy, yeah, me Swanson, Samsonite. Yeah, Oh, stop it. Man, I just like the fact that, you know, heading into heading into the uh, second game, yeah, we do need to get a W, although it is the backup QB. He's no longer our backup QB. He is our QB. He's our starter for at least another 10 weeks. Um, they got to be behind him, and they got to be ready to play, and I think they will be. You know, now, granted, I'll, I've always said – he might have played well because no one knew who he who he was and what he was about. They didn't have any tape, no pressure and tape on him. I think he'll handle the pressure just fine because, like I said, I don't think he cares. I think the issue is now that there's going to be a team with some tape on him in real live game action. What are you going to do when they scheme for you? The Chiefs didn't scheme for him; they schemed for Nick Foles. Now, what are they going to? Now, what's he going to do when the team has prepared for you for five or six days? How's that going to work? And if he plays well, if he plays well against the Texans, I think we we got something here. I mean, are people already saying we got something here? You know, who knows? Uh, but if he plays well against the Texans, I think we got something here. I mean, how do you particularly scheme for him, though? I mean, it's not like – Well, I'm saying from a coach's standpoint because there's actually tape on him now. I'm not talking about college tape or preseason, real live regular season NFL game action – where real NFL coaches dissect you and players study your every move, your every tendency, things that we don't know about as fans, but uh, these players and coaches know. That's what I'm saying is they'll go home and watch that, you know, three and a half quarters of probably all 25 throws that he threw and all, you know, 10 or 15 handoffs that he handed off. Every single one and study every single one to try and find out what does he do good, what does he do bad, what can we do, how can we leverage this, things like that. Well, I, I think the, the best thing, and just coming from you know, playing devil's advocate for the, the Texans, I think you still scheme for Fournette. I don't think you scheme I, – I think you don't, you don't scheme for, for Gardner Minshew, to be honest with you, because, I mean, it was a – it may have been a fluke performance, um, but – 
Houston's got a good defense. I mean, Houston's they merciless is there. JJ mm-hmm. Watt is there. You know, no clowning or anything else like that. So, uh, and then you got Gibson back there playing, playing. Uh, you know, to prevent the home run. So I think you scheme for for net here, and then just let the corners play. You know, Chark and um, play Chark and play Chris Conley, but. Don't scheme for – I don't think you scheme for him. I think you scheme for Fournette because Fournette is kind of primed right now to have the pressure off of him. And if they scheme for Gardner, then Fournette's going to run wild. I think it's an easier adjustment at, at halftime to, let's say, that Gardner is actually out doing his thing and throwing and making great throws. Easier to scheme to say, all right, this is the adjustment that we make. We know the guy's got a good arm right now. This is what we do right now as far as, you know, protection, protections uh, and, and bringing everything up. But I think you definitely scheme for, you know, a healthy offensive line and a running game because that's what they want to do to be able to attack to get Gardner open. Yeah, and I can see that. I'm not, I'm not saying that they wouldn't scheme for Leonard Fournette. They better. But, you know, I guess the, 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 the debate is which one is priority number one? Fournette or Minshew, and I can see I can see Fournette being priority number one for the Texans defense, and then Minshew being priority number two, obviously. So that would be that would be any that would be any quarterback in any you know passing game, and because we don't have a particular receiver that just you know scares the crap out of the defense to where they have to you know make adjustments and roll coverage towards them. I mean, which is um, the opposite but, for Houston. Yeah, <laughs> man, that's going to be a matchup. It's gonna be a matchup. Houston's gonna be mad, people. They're gonna be very mad about this, about you know coming into this game because they lost the game last week and they and they had no business losing. Um, game, by the way. That was yeah. really fun to watch. Yeah. yeah. Hats off to Aaron Colvin, man. Aaron Colvin. Dang, you just ruined my joke. I was about to tell you that we should have we should have targeted Aaron Colvin in the game. Dang it. All right. Yeah. Oh, are, we, man. are we gonna bring him back or what? Nah. Nah. Oh, okay. Nah. We don't need to bring him back. I mean, if they do, they do, but I don't, I don't think so. Um, he got his money, so. Yeah, they did sign Alex Magoo to their active roster. Who, the Texans? Yeah. Yeah, he's on the active roster now. Because of Deshaun Watson's uh, back injury? Uh, I don't know. I, part of it, too, I read was that we were trying to get him back, so they upgraded him from the practice squad. Uh, uh, I mean, and that's another guy that, too, as far as our defense – you know, goes to to go ahead and create a segue. Deshaun Watson, man, is just amazing. Mm. He's su- he's such a good quarter. He's such a good young quarterback, and you, you know the way that he the way that he you know kind of sacked up and just you know got the ball back and did what he needed to do and didn't go into the clamshell and you know got them into a winning position. It's just that it just thinks that on the other side of the ball you got you know perennial first ballot Hall of Famer that's been in that position time and time again that's ready to make the play and able to make the play. But, I mean, for our defense, man, if you want to shut people up in the city and you really want to think that you're the best defense, you go out and shut the Texans down, point blank and simple. You've got got to shut uh, DeAndre Hopkins down, which you're – I mean, Jalen has historically played better or played, you know, pretty good against him. But, I mean, A.J., you've got to step up, man. You've got Will Fuller, who's a handful. And they've got skills, man. The Texans have three receivers – that not only all three of them can beat you deep, they can beat you short, they can run, they can all stretch the field. Uh, running backs, you know, uh, Duke Johnson and Carlos Hyde, you know, they're, they're, they're just NFL running backs. You know, they're, who knows what they'll do against us. Uh, hopefully we can stop them, but 
it's really those three receivers we really need to key on uh, as a defense. If we don't, it's going to be a very long day. we got to get to Deshaun Watson. Obviously, we know he can – uh, he can scramble. He can uh, make something out of nothing, and they need to be ready for that. So I'm hoping the defense comes ready to play. I just want to see them come ready to play. If we lose and they were ready to play, we got a couple picks, we got some sacks, I can live with that. I can't live with 40 points and fights as a fan. Yeah. I couldn't live with that. Yeah. I mean, a, a, another play or another position battle to kind of watch in on too is because uh, Laramie Tunsil played pretty pretty good. Uh, for being so just quickly adjusted into the or completely thrust into uh, the Houston offense when they played uh, the Saints last week, but that Laramie Tunsil versus Yannick Ngakwe matchup is going to be that's going to be some good football to watch. Mm-hmm. That that really is. I mean, the only way because of the camera angles and things like that, the only way you're really going to be able to see if Ngakwe is winning is if he's actually making plays and getting hits on him. But if you don't hear Ngakwe's name being called, uh, just for the casual NFL fan out there, it's because he's getting stonewalled by Laramie Tunsil. Which first round, you know, previous first round draft pick, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a good one between those two. Yeah. yeah. Oh, hey, tell me about uh, with Josh Allen and Taven Bryan. What did they do in the last game? Uh, uh you know, <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Um, Either one of them. You no. know, Josh Allen. Um, you know, first game rookie, you know, it's, it's tough, you know. I think he's going to be just fine. But like I said, Kansas City was ready for him. They were ready for him. They were ready for our offensive line uh, or, or, or our defensive line. And like JK3 alluded to earlier, they three-step drop, boom, got rid of the ball. Only about four or five of his throws were actually like deep throws to where he took a five-step drop. Most of them were three and the ball was gone. Remember, a lot of those Sammy Watkins, two of those touchdowns, those were short routes that he took off running. They weren't bombs. So they didn't give the defense a chance to drop back or, you know, to put the ears back and, and go get them. And, you know, that you know, a young rookie may not know how to play to that. And, uh, you know, they just took him out of the game. They took our entire defensive line out of the game. Hmm. Taven, Taven's another story. Uh, yeah, I got no comment for that, Taven Bryant. Yeah, the, the yeah, we'll, we'll just we'll just leave that for the fans uh, to talk about. We um, real quick, we went ahead and asked you guys to uh, on our on our Twitter poll, to, or not really a poll, but a question. We just asked a couple, uh, you know, for some help for you guys. Just go ahead and give us a couple questions, um, you know, and we'll go ahead and shout you guys out. So first one we've got, and Derek, this one is for you. This is Samuel at Samuel underscore of underscore Duval. So that must be like a Game of Thrones reference or something like that, right? No? <laughs> oh, no. All right. All right. So um, his question is, let's fantasize and say Minshew becomes our French, and he spelled Minshew wrong, so he spelled it Minshew. Minshew. Let's say Minshew becomes our uh, franchise QB. What do we do with Nick Foles' contract? Wow, that's a big one. That's a big one. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Um, we'd have the most expensive backup in the league. That's all I can say. Wait, wait. wait. So if Minshew, no, there's no way. There's yeah. no way. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no it, 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 I'm just, hey, he, he asked the question, okay? I said it was a big one. I, I just said we'd have the most expensive backup. If he becomes the franchise quarterback, which means he becomes a starter, 
what happens to Nick Foles' contract? Well, or if Minshew leads us to the playoffs, Foles can just do like he did in Philadelphia, and he just comes in in the playoffs to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That's what his whole job is. I, I look at it this way. Let's just look at it this way. For the last five years, we've had the, the – if you had to rank the quarterback position for all 32 NFL teams, we've been 32, Okay. If we had two quarterbacks and an issue on which one was going to play, that's a good problem, and I'd just leave it at that. There. I mean, there's nothing. I mean, if that ever were to happen in a million years, uh, that would be a good problem to have. And like I said, we'd have either a very expensive backup or we'd be getting a lot of trade offers for a good young quarterback. Cool. So next question that we've got, Corey, this one's for you. Um, at Sean Lesky, if the Jags win, how many Minshew mustaches will be in the crowd Thursday night versus the Titans? I mean, if you remember when Sean Khan took over the team, that was a big initiative they pushed back then. Because I think they even gave out mustaches one game. Do you remember that? Yeah. Back yeah. when he first started? Uh-huh. So, uh, yes, that will definitely, definitely be a promotional thing uh, for sure. And I'm glad that the team will be putting their efforts towards uh, – little mustaches as opposed to improved ticketing, entry, and uh, shade for the fans. Will you grow a mustache? Will you grow your – will you just shave your beard and just have a minty mustache? Um, yeah. If we win, then, yeah, I'll do that. I'll shave everything except the mustache. It'll look oh, creepy at work. You're going to look so creepy. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to look so creepy. He hello, pulls it off. He- hello, yes, I can offer you a loan. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. is the this is the ministry package. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 normally how I communicate with people about banking. <laughs> yes, I will offer you a loan. Oh, that's funny. Right. The last question that we got, I'll go ahead and take it uh, from our guys over uh, across the pond. Um, will this game be the deciding factor to a possibly overhyped difference? Or was the week one scoreline a one-off? Um, you know, this this game has got a lot of stuff riding on it. And I, and I hate to say, you know, automatically within, you know, the first two games that this is a must-win. But it is. You can't go, you know, you, you can't go into a 0-2 literally, you know, in the AFC and in your division. If it was an NFC opponent, I would say, you know what, I think this would be a good win to go ahead and get under your belt and try to get things back on on the line. But, I mean, with it being an AFC South opponent, with it being a rival, with it being another game, another team that we're going to have to play later on in the year, I think it is a uh, I think it is a must win for us. And um, I think that we've got to go. I, I think it, it as far as it being overhyped, Minshew is you know the keys. You you got the keys to the to the Ferrari, and you're going to drive it or you're going to wreck it. This is pretty much the way that I'm looking at it right now. Uh, it's got to be next man up, like most of the NFL teams have. Uh, they've got someone that's capable to go ahead and carry the team, and it's got to be one of those things right now where the hype is real. He's got people behind him, um, T-shirts being made, you know, little cool drawings of him being on there. Um, and, yeah, so he, he's got to win. It, it, it's got to be right now where the, he's got to live up to the hype, and, you know, let's hope he does it on, uh, on Sunday. Well, I guess that's going to be a wrap for us. Anybody got any other last-minute things? Uh, I just hope we, we we go out and compete and fight hard, and hopefully we can get a W. We, we don't need to we don't need to look good. We need to win. Um, and divisional opponent, 
Texans, let's go get it, man. Let's go get it. Yeah, no, I'm excited. So, all right, guys. Well, that's gonna be a wrap for us. I'm gonna, I guess I'll go ahead and do the uh, outro, <laughs> uh, yeah, which yeah, I'm gonna go back to doing. Yeah. Uh, don't forget to leave us a review. Please reach out to us on Twitter. We always love a good conversation. Love to talk to you guys. Uh, you know, and, con- and, and, and conversate with with all fans just like us. So, uh, thanks for listening. And again, uh, we'll we'll see you next week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.